Are you stressed out? Always. You seem stressed out. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? Like, just your shoulders are like way up high. Oh, God. Thank you for yeah. noticing. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Life is full of stressors. Yeah. Work, family, relationships, the ongoing uh, nightmare that is Jennifer Aniston's love life. Oh, we're living in a hellscape. We really are. Well, guess what? We got the perfect podcast. <gasps> if life is stressing you out, it's called Ask Mimi. Ask Mimi. Yep. It's a new Stitcher Premium podcast. Mimi is a 92-year-old food critic. She offers advice about food and life to live callers from across the country, members of a live audience, celebrity guests, people like uh, Sashir Zameda, Mo Rocca, uh, Parna Nanchurla, Nagin Farsad. Wow. She's incredible. She's famous for her wit. She's famous for her brilliance, her complete unwillingness to, to give an F what anyone thinks of her. In other words, when she gives you her opinion, she don't sugarcoat it. She's 92. She's lived through it. Yeah, she's earned the right. Come on. It's moderated by Dan Pashman from The Sporkful. Podcast. Listen to Ask Mimi in Stitcher Premium right now. Go to www.stitcherpremium.com slash askmimi and use promo code HOMOPHILIA and you'll get a free month trial of Stitcher Premium. Listen, if money is tight, if that's what's stressing you out, you can hear the first episode for free. It's up now on the Sporkful's feed. Get the Sporkful wherever you listen to podcasts. Dave Holmes. Hey, Matt McConkey. Guys, welcome to Homophilia. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know what? I'm doing well. Only okay? No, no, no. I mean, I'm doing well. It's just you know, it, it's we're we're living in we're living in trying times. Yeah, and I'm uh, assuming you're talking about more than the Jennifer Aniston divorce. Eh, possibly. It's yeah. just an icing on a cake of shit. Okay, a cake of uh, of garbage. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little fucked, but. Uh, I will tell you one thing this week made me made me glad, made yes. my heart swell and soar. Please, I need it. And made my love for this country um, double in size. And what was that? Talking about um, Stacey Ferguson, uh, who we know as Fergie. <laughs> sure. Formerly of Wild Orchid, formerly of Kids Incorporated, uh-huh. formerly of the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing... A sexy torchy take <laughs> on the Star Spangled Banner uh, just before the uh, the All Star Game on yeah. uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, um, it was. I mean, I, I I'm not kidding when I say it was okay. If you haven't heard it or seen it, stop what you're doing. Yep. Look up Fergie National Anthem. It will come up. You might not be able to make it all the way through, but stick yeah. with it. You might, yeah. Well, you might want to treat it like a mini series. You might want to break it up into five yeah. installments. Yeah. It's definitely easier to swallow that way. Um, but I, I re- like given time now to think about it and reflect on it. I think it's a beautiful piece of art. You do, well, you know, I will give it this. It is abstract. It is. It is so – it's so performative. Yes. Um, and it, she's clearly commenting on the art of interpreting. Because when you think about it, we are – you every time you do a, 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 you know, a song like the National Anthem, you are interpreting it. Yes. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's one that we hear all the time. Right. You, you know, never I mean? heard it like this. I've never quite heard it like this. No. Um, and, and by like this, what do we mean? I, I mean um, I, I got 15 seconds into it and I was like, are Stacy and the United States like fucking? <laughs> like is, is Fergie cheating on somebody with 
an American flag? Yeah. Because it really, it really feels like there is just decades of sexual tension yeah. that is finally seeing a kind of a release yeah. on that on that never, basketball court. Ever been this horny? No, that song. No, it is like um, you know, I love your flag, and I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you to death. All fifty stars. All fifty stars. All however many stripes. I think thirteen. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, in a world where. Where our president, to show a, a, a screaming crowd how much he loves the United States, points at a flag, points back at himself, and then fucking hugs the American flag. Yeah. Because that's how you show your love for the country. And the crowd goes fucking bonkers for it. Yeah. What we deserve is a national anthem where Fergie is leaving you wondering whether she's going to have sex with an American flag. Right. You know what I mean? Like that it is as – as it was with the Kehinde Wiley uh, portrait of, of Barack Obama, right. it felt very contemporary. Mm-hmm. It, it told me a lot about where and who we are yeah. right now. It was so unconscionably tacky yeah. and weird and misbegotten. Yeah. And all I could think through the entire thing was Kim Cattrall uh, reciting sonnets it's next to her husband playing the scat video, of course. Yes. It's all I could think about. It was just – it was breathtaking. Yeah. It was a little gay fever dream and I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually think that this was a very good move for Fergie. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Because she got raked over the coals immediately, right? Sure. To the degree that the next day, by noon, she had done an interview with, I forget what, outlet or whatever, maybe people. And and people's first line was, <laughs> Fergie has finally broken her silence about, her, <laughs> yes. about her Star Spangled Banner performance that had happened nine hours before. That felt like a long time, It though. did. It did. But people were so unbelievably cruel to her that the, the pendulum cannot help but to swing back. Right. And I think that that version will be ultimately as influential as Whitney Houston's mm-hmm. in 1991 or two or whatever year yeah. that was, where she did the Land of the Free E, yeah. that now you can't do it without no. the Land of the Free no. E anymore. Right. Like, you, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like we might start seeing sexier, you know— yeah, sultrier, torchier <laughs> takes on the and Star Spangled Banner. As we all just collectively ship Fergie in the flag, <laughs> and we just you know, she's free now. Yeah, she's a free woman. She sure is. Just cut uh, Josh Dumel loose. We also never reached a national consensus on how to say that man's name. Well, or who he is. Or Literally, who he is. just who and what he he, he well, falls in that category of just like really. I have to keep track of who that oh, fucking see, generic white dude is. No. Handsome is is all get out. Oh, for I see. Sure. I've always loved him. I've always loved him since he was Leo on All My Children. Oh, okay. And his, is that his best known role? Because I couldn't name a one. Um, to me, it is. Yeah. Right. He came to town. <laughs> he came to town. He was the daughter. He was like the the daughter. He was the son, like the long lost son of some fancy lady and whatever. And then he came to town and it was like, and they were spotted having dinner. And it was like, who's this young guy? Is this like, has she taken a lover? Mm-hmm. That's a thing we might come back to later on right. in this episode. Um, but it turned out to be her son. And then uh, the whole town of Pine Valley went out on like a cruise, like a river cruise. <laughs> and uh, the, the evil doctor, had developed a drug called libido zone that was like Molly basically uh-huh. and like somehow it got in the water and everybody was tripping on the boat that, that's my you didn't ask wow. my Leo memory but that's my Leo memory I remember him like playing the ecstasy moment very believably uh, so he's I, I have a soft spot in my heart for him he is absolutely gorgeous he has now entered his silver fox stage right and uh, and I don't know that we're necessarily prepared for it Seems like he uh, he left Fergie with some libido zone, and that she, she was right r- yeah. rolling hard on it. She was absolutely jaw grindingly rolling. Uh, it was just it was it was a, a rare bright spot in America. Yeah, and I really loved it. 
Speaking of bright spots, yes. I finally saw Itania. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. You haven't? No. Well, you know, I bring it up because there's this great scene where uh, this is not a spoiler, so everybody calm down. Uh, um, and also, but, you know what happens in the fucking story. Yeah. So calm down. Um, Allison Janney playing, I believe her name is Lavana. Her her mom uh, uh-huh. sits down with uh, Tanya and uh, Galuli when they first start dating, and she just she's you know chain smoking through the sure. whole movie, and she just goes, "You two fucking yet?" Oh, and that's that's like her icebreaker for like dealing. Uh-huh. Just that, that's her coping with like I guess this is a relationship now, uh-huh. and I just thought. You and I are kind of the Lavana of the world, and how so? Are, like we're interviewing these guests, and we're uh-huh. just saying, "Hey, you two fucking yet or mm-hmm. what?" Yeah, and we and, both have exotic birds on our shoulders. Well, and she also uh, brings up a theory that I love, which is um, that in every relationship, there's a gardener and a flower. Uh. And uh, she was like, you know, Tanya's a flower, so you better be a good gardener because uh-huh. you got to take care. You know, it's, which which I think there's something to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, your doesn't resonate with you. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really f- meditated on their relationship, so I, I can't say. Well, after I've seen the movie, perhaps sure. I'll but yeah. you, do you think that in relationships you can take turns being the flower? And oh, being I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That might be the secret to you know mm-hmm. lasting relationship. Theirs sure didn't. Yeah, um, uh, Sebastian Stan far more attractive than the real life Jeff Galuli. Oh, absolutely. Well, that yeah. was the the troubling thing was that the men who were violently abusing these women uh, were very, like, uh, uh, likable almost oh, in a okay. weird way. Like, they really made him, like, a bumbling idiot who was doing his best. And it was like, he's a fucking abusive monster. Yeah. And same thing with the guy who actually did, uh, you know, the did the bashing of, mm-hmm. of Nancy Kerrigan's knee. He was just this, like, hapless, likable doofus, you know, who uh-huh. was doing a job. Um, but, I mean, yeah. in real life, they were – Total ridiculous bumblers. Yes, yeah. Do they get into the Toonie Canarina thing? Don't know what you're talking about. That is my favorite aspect of the Tanya Harding story. Toonie Canarina? Yes. They're, they, um, I guess, like the henchmen, the, the muscle, the, uh-huh. the guys who were going to do the, the crowbarring, um, were, they, they were getting intel on where Nancy Kerrigan did her rehearsing and right. her practicing and all that. And one of the places was the Tony Khan Arena, somewhere in Massachusetts or something like that. They did do so, this. I forgot. Okay. So – but they – whoever is taking the notes on it took that piece of information and wrote, it wrote down the Tony Khan Arena, which is hilarious for two specific reasons. One, that they – Think that you would name a sports arena after a can of tuna, <laughs> like like t- tuna in a can, is uh-huh. such a is like a thing that you would celebrate uh-huh. enough that you would be like, this is the tuna can arena. Sure. Also, that a tuna can is a toonie can, like <laughs> yeah. it's what you get your toonie out of. Yeah, and that like that is so it's two degrees of fucking deliciousness. Yeah, that I that was that's really my main reason for wanting to see the movie at all. Well, it delivers on that. Great. By the way, Margot Robbie is fucking amazing. I'm sure she I'll is. Give it to her. I'm sure she is. Uh, she her her rise as a star was very confusing, and uh, I felt a little like bamboozled by the media. The yeah. way that she, I felt the same thing with Margot Robbie and with Rita Ora. Where yes. They were just thrust upon us. Uh-huh. There was no rise. No. It was suddenly, we were just being presented as if, like, guys, it's your favorite star. Yeah, here she is. And, like, do you remember when they, it was around the same, I know, like, Margot's first big thing was when she played Leo's girlfriend at Wolf of Wall Street, but uh-huh. around the same time that she was in this 
movie with Will Smith that was kind of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing where they were both like oh, assassins yeah. or something. And they marketed it as if it was just like, guys, they're finally together. <laughs> yeah, These last. two icons, yeah. Will Smith and Margot Robbie. And uh-huh. I was like, what the fuck? But, and by the way, of course she's a great actress and she should be in movies and everything. Yeah. But why are we pretending? We, we missed a step. Yeah, let's let us get to know her. Let's like, let's not Sienna Miller her. Exactly. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. not Gretchen Maul her. Yes. You know? Did but, you feel that with Rita Ora? Oh, absolutely. I, and by the way, I still, like, if she were in this room, I would mm. not be able to identify her. I mean, I'm just starting to wrap, to wrap my mind around her because she's clearly not going. Any, I feel like I've just been beaten to submission where they were just like, you love her. Uh-huh. She's an icon. Yeah. She's a legend. <laughs> and I was just like, has, yes. does she even have a single album? Yeah. Oh, God. I couldn't name a song. And now I'm just like, okay. I couldn't hear But you know what? It's nice when that works because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we have a Jesse J. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Sometimes they, it's like they arrive and they're already doing the Grammy tribute to, you know, to fucking yeah, yeah. whoever, yeah, yeah. at a James or we're whatever. Not, we're not there. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes it works with an Alicia Keys where they show up and it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is Lena Horne now or whatever. <laughs> right, right. But sometimes it just doesn't fucking work. So I guess with Rita Ora, it is sort of working. Although if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't name a song of hers. The only one I know is a song she's on the uh, – because I listen to it a lot when I work out is the Fifty Shades Freer soundtrack. Oh, get she's, the she's, fuck does out she of this room. She does a duet with uh, not Zane, but one of the, like it's Liam pr- Payne, or okay. what, which even the even that name is a little fuzzy to me. But oh god, that fu- you're really listening to the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack at the gym. There's a couple anthems on there that are good and you're seeing the image of what's his name's abs and you're just like well i i'm a fucking fat piece of shit i better push myself a little harder oh i better work harder so i can have zero body fat and also not generate any sexual electricity exactly he is such a fucking zero (laughs) and that whole album well i because i saw the movie i I saw the movie and all of the songs in the movie are like these shitty like plodding beats Mm -hmm. and like dumb minor key remakes of like peppy songs. It's such, it's just such a formula that is anti-sexy. It's not just unsexy. It is anti-sexy. Like it makes you not be able to think about sex for a while. Well, that's what does it for me when I'm working out. Well, I'll be darned. I guess we won't see eye to eye on this one. I I alternate. I only, there's only a couple songs from that. What I listen to a lot lately is the Black Panther soundtrack. Oh, okay. And it is fucking great. I still haven't seen the movie. And the movie is fucking spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for you to see it so we can talk about it. This is not a spoiler again, but there is a moment where uh, an animal kisses a character and I felt like this has the power to heal America. Wow. This this simple moment. Um, It's so, so good. I'm into it. I'm into it. And not so much into it that I've actually gone to see it, but I'm into it. Well, I'll eventually. I'll get there. I'll get there. There's also a song on the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack called High from Dua Lipa oh, and yes. some producer that I've never heard yeah. of, whose face I'm sure I've seen on a billboard because he's got a residency at the, you know, some in casino in Vegas. Yeah. Um, and the chorus is just, why don't we get a little high, uh-huh. right? In the movie, they drop the word high. What? They play the whole song. It scores a thing where she like cuts his hair or something, but the, the word high gets dropped out. What? Yeah. And it's like, it's already a rated R movie. So it's like, what are we... Do they not want to confuse the audience and make them think that, you know, Anastasia right. and Christian or whatever, <laughs> like, smoke weed? or what? I don't – it was just such a weird choice. I'm sorry. Her character's name is Anastasia? I think it's Anastasia, but it's fun oh, to say Anastasia God. instead. It's An- Anastasia Steele and Christian Grey. Oh. oh um, 
<laughs> Fergie and the Flag, by the way, better sexual chemistry oh, than God, the leads yeah. of Fifty Absolutely. Shades movies. Absolutely. Um, we should get to our interview because it's incredible. But it really that, is. I, I, that does make me what you just said about about um, Dua Lipa and that song. Do you feel like there's a thing in in pop, especially with the the youth happening right now, where mm-hmm. there is an a little extra celebration of like substance abuse? A little bit, yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing it in uh, – well, I'm seeing it most often in reality TV, of course, yes. uh, uh, Vanderpump Rules, right. where binge blackout drinking is really an extra character yes. on, on the show. the way of life. It's just a way of life, yeah. and it's spoken about openly, and nobody's ever like, hey, I wonder if we should yeah. not drink to blackout six nights a week. No. You know, it's just kind of – it's what you do. Sure. Which is truthful in a weird way to their lifestyle, yes. but it, but it's also like yeah, it's maybe it might it might you know forward a conversation that we should uh-huh. have and it I, hasn't done that yet. Like there's a I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a Camila Cabello mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. Uh, that in the refrain is like I, I don't remember. It's like it's cocaine, it's morphine, it's heroin. It's like she's she's like dropping all of these names. Where I'm like. You have never smoked a cigarette in your life. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Not, yeah. th- not that there is something that to, to aspire to uh-huh. about like substance abuse, but it's like it does feel. Maybe I'm just old, but that feels. It feels like in our day, mm-hmm. the pop music, the, the 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 message was just like, I'm hot. I'm in the club. I'm rich. Uh-huh. You want to fuck me? Let's have fun. Uh-huh. And now it's like I'm fucking doing lines off a dirty air conditioner, <laughs> and like you'll never understand me. Yeah, save me, but don't say. Me. Do you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, it's an odd moment. Yeah, when I, when I was growing up, we had that one George Thorogood song about one whiskey, one scotch, one beer, something like that. And that right. was it. Like people would talk about whiskey or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now it's like now all bets are off. We're in a new place. Yeah. We're talking about uh, making drugs in our kitchen. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird. We're feeling old. Let's take a break. Let's take a break and then we'll I'm be back have my with vitamins. Uh, an incredible guest straight from RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. All-Star Season 3. Oh, Trixie God, Mattel no. is with us. <gasps> we have crossed over. Dude. <laughs> we'll be right back. It always feels weird to wear headphones. For these I know. Things. I yeah. didn't do it we for a long time. We all can hear each other. We're not <laughs> separate rooms. I know. I know. It just makes me feel, make you feel official. Like, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm doing a little bit. It's your show. drag. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's exactly yeah, like what once it is. I have these on, I'm like, oh, I'm a podcast host. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Well, let's do it. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, my God. Maybe we started doing it a minute ago. I, I don't know. The show is happening. The show is it's happening. happening. I think we're here with Trixie Mattel. Let's yeah. Let's go. Oh, Trixie Mattel. Thank you for having me on your program. The entire Earwolf studio was uh, gagged, if I may say so. Uh-huh. By Trixie's entrance, you could see her uh, walking across the parking lot in full drag today. I yep. like to surprise podcasts by being in drag. Yeah. But here's the thing. The thing about being in drag at a podcast is you can quote unquote be in drag by what you say you're wearing because they can't see us. That's true. For example, what are you guys wearing in drag today? Uh, well, I'm wearing a very low cut sequined red dress and uh, I, I, I don't know, like it a tight doesn't up make do, you feel confident, huh? does it? <laughs> no, I'm wearing, I'm showing too much skin today. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I have to improvise. Fuck. Yeah. And what are you wearing? Uh, well, you're familiar with Lady Miss Cure from, uh, from D-Light. Sure. Right. So mm. I'm wearing a skin tight. Outfit that kind of flares out at the bottom. 
It really and does. I'm looking at it now. A series of bumpets. Oh, who <laughs> am I kidding? I'm in classic Jennifer Aniston drag. Oh, sure. I am wearing a jean and a and a button down, but I'm wearing a brown belt. I'm wearing uh-huh. a high boot. You've yeah. got your Neutrogena. You've got yeah. your uh, Emirates. Yeah. Or yes. Avino, Emirates. Yes. You've got your smart water. Got your eye drops. Water. Yes. Yeah. I'm hydrated. You know what? I'm moist. The yeah. eyes are the window to the soul. Have you seen that commercial that she's in for Emirates where she has a yes. nightmare that she's on a plane <laughs> that there's no shower? Yeah. So relatable. Excuse me. Have you ever yeah. polarized an audience more with your with your advertising? And yet paid yeah. for it less. You know yeah, what I mean? I like nobody's yeah. mad at Jennifer Aniston for it. That is ridiculous. And I appreciate how she doesn't with, – with her choice of uh, endorsements, she's like, I don't give a fuck if this is weird. I'm simply going to do the products I oh, want totally. to do. Oh, totally. She can do anything. She's been famous so long too that you know when she's like – it's like, hey, Jennifer, have you ever flown coach? And she's like, ah, oh, I always bring my coach back. Like she has no concept <laughs> yeah, yeah, of what yeah, that yeah. is. Sure. Economy comfort? What's that? You know, uh-huh. what? Uh, since we're on the topic, I didn't bring it up. I, actually, I did bring it up. I'm just kidding. Um, you want to know if I fly first class? Don't you? No. Well, I do. I also we'll want get to know to that. that too. But I want to know what you make of uh, of the Jen and Justin divorce. Where were you when you found out? I, I just found out now. I was oh, here, right. and I still don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't pay all, the celebrities to me. I don't pay attention to real celebrities. Oh, you don't. So somebody has to be a celebrity to me. Like I, I could meet Kim Kardashian and be like, "Good for you, lady." Mm-hmm. If I met a voice actress from the Powerpuff Girls, I might cry. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? I need my my realm of because celebrity is like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. If that person's famous to you. That'll yeah. make you cry. Yeah, of course. You know, I so, met Julie Brown once at DragCon. And I was like, "Oh God!" And she was I like, mean, "Calm okay. down, homo." Yeah. <laughs> um, so, who else are the celebrities to you? Yeah, who's in your firmament? Well, um, I recently met. Uh, let's see. God, it's it's hard to say. There was a few without revealing anything. There was some guest judges on Drag Race. Oh boy. Possibly in the next episode. Mm. You know, there's, I mean, some of them, I think, well, I think they announced the guest judges. Titus. Titus. And I mean, Titus. Yeah. yeah. You know, I literally looked at, I'm sure they won't show it. I literally looked at him and screamed Pinot Noir and he was like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, like RuPaul might not be famous to you if you don't pay attention to drag. I can't imagine. Other oh, drag race queens even. Like, I, you know, I was a, a watcher of the show before I was on it. I remember my first time meeting, you know. Milk or like, you know, yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like people who are my friends now. But at the time I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, who are your friends now from Drag World? Don't have any. No, uh, <laughs> I'm really close with obviously Katya, right. uh, Creme, Milk. Um, I got really close to Shangela. This, I feel closer to her than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, most drag queens like each other. We're all covered with the same cloth. Yeah. I'll wear my real life. I don't hang out with um, drag queens as much. Mm-hmm. No, I've always felt like a comedian and a musician who happens to be in drag. Mm-hmm. So most of my friends are more like comedy people or, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. I need to be the prettiest one in the room. So I can't, of course. I can't, um, can't hang out with too many drag queens. So when you show up at an all-star, let's say, and you see some of your friends, what goes through your mind? Because you, you still have to create television. There has to be conflict, right? Well, like, some people thinking? excel at that more than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people can walk up to a note hanging on the wall that has nothing to do with them and make it about them. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a random example. Yeah, just, yeah, just as an idea. Yeah. I don't know. I, to me, the, my most successful way of creating anything entertaining is being myself. Uh-huh. I know that it sounds like a cop-out, but whatever I try to be or act or pretend to be or put on is never as interesting as what I organically think is funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Um, so we we have uh, you have you brought a, a mini entourage with you today because of course we have to. I know be that on queen. Total spoiler uh, patrol. Oh, yeah. if I said anything about Drag Race, it would just be like a red dot on my forehead, and uh-huh. RuPaul would just <laughs> cock a gun. <laughs> I mean, especially after my snatch game, you know, she has it out for me now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because th- this most recent snatch game, I mean, you, you know, took a big swing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know what you want to win big, you got to swing big. And what yeah. are we doing? We're swinging big. Yeah. Uh, I just, I it was the wrong, it was just the wrong choice. You know, I like said my first joke and RuPaul looked at me and went like, yeah, like her eyes told me everything I needed to know. It was like, not only does she not think it's funny, she not, not only she not think it's funny, I think she finds it like borderline like mocking her. And I'm like, great, we're only here for 50 more minutes. <laughs> oh, God. She was just like, you're not, with her eyes, she was like. Yeah, it did feel like her response like set the tone because all of the jokes were great. Like it was, it was, it was still a funny bit. I think it just like got off to such a hard yeah. start. I wanted to portray her as like this sort of like robot of of dad joke one liners because yes. that's what I love about. The, I mean, like in my history of Drag Race, watching it when RuPaul said like Raven, your B Arthur was not golden, girl. Mm-hmm. That's the funniest part of the episode to me. Yeah, or like when she said, uh, Jasmine Masters, you're. Personality is off the hook, but your fashion is off the rack. That shit is so funny to me. Yeah. And by the way, you're doing a great RuPaul impression <laughs> oh, right now. You. It's solid. The problem is with the show, I was um, it wasn't about my material. It was about my confidence. And it, I mean, turns out impersonating the host of the show you're on, it do take nerve. Mm-hmm. Nerve I did not have that day. With all y'all shady motherfuckers, it do take nerve. Yeah. That's right. However, so- if you want to win Drag Race, you have to cry at some point. So yeah. really, I'm playing the game. Yeah, okay. I don't have a dead. I don't have a dead mom. Well. I got to improvise. You're playing very, very well. <laughs> you find your light. You yeah. cover your eyebrows. You talk about your dead mom. Though, I mean, <laughs> that's the three ways. That's yeah. the holy trifecta. Yeah. You don't have to win challenges. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't got to eliminate people. If you you got to weave talk, in some gay history, all the better. Yeah, let's hope you have a brother named Robert who died in a speedboat because you need <laughs> something. You know. Um. So who wins? This season, I'm just. <laughs> well, thank you for asking. I, I, listen, I'll say it here and now. Tammy Brown, she comes oh, back in the eleventh hour. Great. Listen, my ideal it's season ready. of Drag Race is Tammy Brown on every season. Oh my wow. god, yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't know at home, Tammy Brown was from the first season from the first season of All Stars, and she is a. I would I would want to say acquired taste. To me, she's a litmus paper of drag. Like mm-hmm. if you don't like Tammy Brown, I'm like, okay, I, I know everything I need to know about you. Ah, uh, she is a delight. A delight. Yeah, and just truly, I, I just, she just says, just, just says things. Yeah, you know what I mean. That don't make any sense at all, and yet yeah. they're perfect. I mean, my favorite drag queens are like her and Katya. So obviously, uh-huh. I like my drag queens a little left of sanity. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I like them on the brink. Uh-huh. Who's your your fantasy team? If you had to do like a fantasy team of five, not even necessarily from to drag compete, oh, for all yeah, stars from all from all the seasons. Wow. Okay, definitely Angina, mm-hmm. Tammy Brown. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Move them right along. Ooh, God. It gets more difficult. Layla McQueen. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Picking and choosing here. Interesting. Courtney Act. Great. It's fun to watch everyone just become obsessed with Courtney Act now because she won Big Brother. Yeah. And those of us who really love Courtney were like, we been new. Yeah, yeah. We been new. Mm-hmm. You know, she was on a season with Bianca and Adore, so it's like, of course, you're in the shadow. Right. Yeah. But Courtney's really thin. She could fit into anyone's shadow. <laughs> and then my fifth queen would be, you know what? Let's throw RuPaul in. I want to see her at the machine crying yeah. and sewing. Okay. She's I want, got promise. Yeah. I want to see her writing a lipstick message. You know, like I want to, she, <laughs> yeah. she should walk a mile in our moccasins. Oh my God. Or she should walk a mile in our, yeah, slingbacks. Yeah. I truly do feel like we're summoning her. 
You know what I mean? Like one of these sound panels is going to become a TV screen and she's yeah. just going to show up with a message about today's challenge. Don't do it. For us. Yeah. If every time I hear like, Ooh girl, I just like 11 from stranger things. I get like a nosebleed. <laughs> I'm like, ha, ha, ha. that was the hardest thing about, um, doing all stars, which you can watch every week on VH1, by the way, mm-hmm. or catch her not on iTunes. Um, it's almost like that workroom, and it was almost easier to be on Drag Race the first time because the first time you don't don't know what to expect. The second time you have trauma and negative memories about horrible things happening to you there. Yeah. So it's sort of like if you have a high school bully, it's sort of like walking your high school halls again. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's where I got shoved in a locker. Uh, wow. Oh, that's where someone came for me on a couch. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little shell shocking. It sounds kind of healing, though, if you if you if you fully go through it. Well, yeah, you're tackling goes, all of your demons. Well, me the first time I had such a weak run, it was like I, I, out of anyone there, I'm like I can only go up from here. You know, I was the earliest yeah. elimination out of anybody on All Stars. Oh, Is that true? Yes. Well, I was went home. I went home twice my season and fourth. And up you went. Yeah. Right. Um, what do you? What do you? Do you yeah. have time to like binge TV? I haven't even movies? seen All Stars. I watched yeah. it on the airplanes the day after on iTunes because I haven't even seen it on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, and I catch the Trixie and Kachi show on, from Viceland. I catch that on iTunes every week. Um, right. I, I haven't been able to see it on. I guess if you're a real all star, you're not at the bar watching TV. Yeah, well, you're you in drag. Make it money. Uh, well, I can tell you as a viewer, it's. Real, real good this season. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's fun because it's a lot of people's maybe, um, let's be honest, it has a lot of people's second or third picks of who they might see on TV because maybe their favorite was on All-Stars 2 or their favorite was just on season nine. Uh But I think for that reason, these are queens who have a lot of like, it's a season of redemption. Everybody's so hungry and everybody's changed so much since their season. And everybody has a lot to prove because they – the only people on our season who even came close to winning were Chi-Chi and Kennedy. Mm-hmm. The rest of us went home halfway through. You know, season, right. All-Stars episode two, All-Star season two was a lot of people who made it to like top three, top, yeah. you know. The Kennedy redemption storyline recently was really moved. I mean, that was great. That was Yeah, great she had a rough week and then she had a good week. Yeah. I mean, if you guys could have been there in that bitchler challenge, there shouldn't even have been a top two. She should have just won. It was the funniest She's thing ever. so fucking funny. It's funny, though, this show, it's fickle week to week. You know, week two, people are like, Kennedy, she's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And then she wins a challenge, and they're like, I knew it. Yeah. It's like, no, girl, you can't play both sides of the field. Yeah. You tweeted but, you didn't like her last week. It, but it's it it calls upon so many different kinds of skills yeah. that it, it it feels like one person wouldn't have them all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's realness and acting and, you know, and, and mimicry and all of those things are different yeah. things. You yeah. Know what I mean? you, you know what I learned this season and maybe through, through trial and error and through baptism through fire, you don't have to be good at everything. Being a superstar is not being the best at everything. It's about making sure that you are never stumbling into bad light. If you're uh-huh. not great at something, don't do it in a way where you're going to expose that. Yeah, like right. Bianca Del Rio in the finale of her season. She's not a dancer, but she did that runway piece like she was. Yeah, Kim, she wasn't a dancer in the end of her season, but she laid on the ground and like modeled. Uh-huh. You don't have to be the best at everything. Vendela like, can't sew, and she won a sewing challenge in her season. Yeah, it also feels There's like BB really knows that secret that you're talking about. She knows how to stay in her lane. She yeah, knows what she's good at, and she's not going to embarrass herself. But she's so regal and yes. dramatic. Yeah, I would like to carry myself in drag. With all the drama of BB out of drag. Right. Like she enters a room and sort of like, like Iman sort of like lays on a table and models mm-hmm. to herself. And I'm like, I can't even do that in drag. 
I know. I was shocked to learn that she's 36. Not because she looks oh, – I mean, she looks very she looks amazing, but because she just has the the, the, the wisdom of, uh, you know, yeah. a much older gal. Yeah. Well, well, you know where she's from. I don't know if I remember. Minnesota. She's, from. Oh. <laughs> she's, I love the drama of like, where I'm from, my people. I'm like, St. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? No. Well, like every challenge so far, I mean, she, well, she moved to United States when she was, I believe, 18. Uh huh. So it's fun. To, okay, it's so fun when she gets... talks about her origins to just blurt out a Minneapolis, like, <laughs> like, yeah. where I'm from, Duluth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is your life like uh, when you're not – I mean, I don't know when the last time you weren't in the middle of shooting multiple shows was. Well, I work on the two television programs right now. Right. Um, and isn't it fun in our political climate that somebody can ask a drag queen how your TV show is going and she gets to say which one? Which mm-hmm. one? There is hope. Yeah. It's bleak, but it's, it's a, hopeful. That is a very good sign. And then uh, my new album comes out next month. Um, so last year I did Two Birds, my first album. And then this new one comes out next month. So I'm always uh, – Touring my one-woman show, Moving Parts, which is doing so many U.S. cities this year, where I'm doing the album, today I'm doing a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that goes into drag that's not just being a drag. You know, I would say of all the work I do, actually being in drag is a small slice of it. Wow. Because, you, like, you have to be a one-man band. You're on the computer, you're making calls, you're, you know, merchandising, all that yeah. shit. Yeah, uh-huh. So who are all of your big pop culture influences? Like, yeah. you know, who'd you grow up listening to? Well, it's like an it's a it's an a uh, nope. What is it when it's a now nope conglomeration? Mm. Conglomeration of like uh, like I remember my first co- comedy stand up special watching was Ellen DeGeneres Here and Now, and I remember being a kid and like rewatching it, thinking it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, and like I love you know Maria Bamford, I love Anthony Jeselnik, I love Sarah Silverman, um, I love really deep dark senses of humor. Mm-hmm. And then musically, I love like Dolly Parton, John Denver. Um, you know, Amy Lou Harris. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the cocktail I've created makes sense, pulling like sick, gross humor and combining it with traditional folk music. And then visually, my, you know, it's My Little Pony and Cabbage Patch Kids and Barbie. But um, so it's like three things I love being thrown together in a way that makes sense to me. And it's working. Great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with a television program called Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, my boyfriend loves that show. Um, has he shown you Lala's testimonial look? Do you know what I'm, does this ring a bell? Was this nothing? No. Okay. So there's a, a girl on the show named Lala who is just like a, like a, another pretty blonde girl. There's this like person's two or name three is of Lala. Them. Her, her name is Lala. Great. And Golf she, to a good start. <laughs> um, but in her, her testimonial look is so made up that she, it looks as if she is trying to do Trixie Mattel. <gasps> it's very confusing to see on like a. Cocktail waitress, you know <laughs> what I mean, to be in such, in such full drag makeup. But anyway, a lot of people have been observing that, so I was wondering if that had, that had made its way to you. Well, my boyfriend is super aware of um, uh, you guys, bitch sesh, every single piece of reality TV show, and mm. he loves to pause it and be like, "Get in here, look at Erica Jane," yeah. and she's like sitting in her confessional with like as many wigs on as I have. Yeah. <laughs> And she has, like, the peppermint titties where they're, like, pushed up and bronzed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, what, the funny thing about drag going mainstream is there's so many places where people haven't even realized they've been staring at drag the whole time. It's like yeah. people are like, I'm, I'm not into drag. Do you like Dolly Parton? Do you mm. like The Real Housewives? Do you like Medea? Yeah. Do you like the movie White Chicks? Do you like 
Dana Carvey as church lady, mm-hmm. you've been looking at drag. Yeah. You just, just started calling it drag. Right. So it's funny to watch people now that drag has become slightly more in the world, people being able to pinpoint its influences or the crisscross. Yeah. You know, like old country music, like I love. I mean, Loretta Lynn used to be in giant, giant mm-hmm. rigs. Or June Carter Cash or Priscilla Presley. You know, like there's people who were in drag before we were in drag. Yeah. And they were women. And there's people after now, like Lala from Vanderpump. Yeah. Yeah. She's season 10. Listen, she's going on season 10. She won't last long, unfortunately. I hate to tell you. (laughs) She doesn't have the skills. However, if she's waiting tables in a nightclub, maybe that's how much makeup is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. In a sexy, unique restaurant. Yeah. You got to do it. I used to work at a bar where my options were to lip sync or to sell uh, shots and drag. And I learned very quickly that. Given that I like comedy so much, I could make more money selling shots than I could lip syncing because I'm a oh, terrible really? lip syncer. Yeah. So I'm like, you guys do all that. I'm just literally going to walk up to people in full Trixie drag and take their money in exchange for these cheap little shots. Uh-huh. In and test this, tubes uh, or whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'd be like, you should, you like this guy? You should buy him a shot. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, a six foot five guy in a wig just told me to buy a shot. I'll take five. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of power in drag. Was this Milwaukee, by the way? Madison, Wisconsin. I'm, I'm sorry, Madison. I used to do this Thursday night show called uh, Tricks Are For Kids because it was a college show. Oh, so fun. it was 18 year olds, 18 plus. Oh, boy. Tricks Are For Kids. So kids, people would show up at 930 in a blackout. Oh, yeah. Lose their wallet by 10, go uh-huh. home by 11. Oh, oh that's the life. Yeah. I remember it well. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Really. I couldn't even drink like that in college. No. I, I'm like, the I like to drink, but I can't, you know, like, there's so many drag queens who are professional drinkers. Because Delta yeah. Work always says, our job as drag queens is to facilitate the sales of alcohol. That's it's really right. what we do. Um, I can never drink too fast or I mean, I'm literally anybody else's idea of moderate drinking. I am fully puking. Yeah. <laughs> like and hung over for two days. How often sure. are you having a cocktail, by the way, when you, you know, go off stage? Oh, daily. I mean, when we, when we see the, uh, what is the segment called after oh, you know, untucked? Oh, by the way, they make it look like the drinks are flowing like waterfalls. Yeah. I'm just going to out drag race and I'm going to shame them. They give you one drink. Wow. For a drag queen, one drink. Yeah, I'm like, is this tiny, thing on? Yeah. One tiny absolute <laughs> beverage. Yeah. And it's one shot being measured out by like uh, a, a young Caucasian PA from Burbank. Like, <laughs> here's your drink. This feels That's, like an influence of the VH1 overlords, you know. And it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's probably for the best. Well, if you want people to say what they really feel, yeah. followed by a lip sync, mm-hmm. you want the drag queens to lip sync well. Hooking up to an IV of Jack. Like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> what were your songs to lip sync to when you were lip syncing? Wow. No, well, no. I, I liked some of my standards were Barbie Girl by Aqua. Sure. Uh-huh. I obviously owe them a pretty penny at this point for uh-huh. doing that song for years. And it's, you know, autobiographical, really. Yes. I mean, I'm not a great lip syncer, but it was a great way to start my shows at the bars just to be like lip syncing. So I would do Because I'm a Blonde by Julie Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, what else would I do? I used to do Gwen Stefani, uh, What You Waiting For. Nice. Oh, take a chance, you stupid hell. Yeah. Yes. I used to do 9 to 5 by Dolly. Um, but I was never a fabulous lip syncer, so. But it's funny, me and Kaji always talk about the way you do drag before you're a TV drag queen. You do drag to make money. So you pick songs and outfits and looks that you know an audience will tip you for. Right. So you're out there doing, you know, the pussycat dolls in a bodysuit yeah. not because you're trying to be creatively fulfilled uh-huh. because you're trying to snatch money from a bachelorette yeah you know what i mean <laughs> it is a different skill set though right being it's a television drag. drag queen versus like oh, just yeah. performing live and yeah i mean when you're a local drag queen and most of your um business comes from like gay guys and bachelorettes you're like how do i separate 
these drunk people from their money. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot this last week when Chi Chi went home because it felt like she was basically like, guys, please just send me home. Like she was, you know what I mean? She was just like, yeah, it's my time. I'm tired. Like, and I'm like, I don't blame her. Like she makes great money on the road and performing. It doesn't have to go through any of the, the, you know, excruciating pain of reality TV. Yeah. Well, people like Chi Chi, you know, like I've always said, I'm great at drag. I'm not always great at drag race. Mm. It's two different skill sets too. Yeah. You know, somebody like Shangela is a drag race professional. Oh, big time. Oh, she's like a note on the wall. I'm going to find my light, cheat out to the camera and begin this fight. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but that is an amazing skill to have. Yeah. She sees opportunities and windows. People like Chi Chi are incredible entertainers that maybe it doesn't always get uh, displayed in the right way. Yes. Yeah. Like her lip sync for the, um, when she was Patti LaBelle, mm-hmm. I was like, this is the drag queen you want in the show That's when you right. go to the bar. Yeah. That's right. You want her. You want Kennedy doing backflips. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want me literally doing knee bends to Barbie girl by Aqua. <laughs> I disagree. I, I, I want I that as well. I do. I, uh, I, there's room for that in my life. And She's maybe doing... you want Katya doing a Russian, my heart will go on dressed as the Titanic. <laughs> maybe that's what you want. If you, if you're drunk enough. <laughs> what era of Celine Dion was milk trying to evoke with uh... girl? <laughs> I, I will just say this. Sometimes in drag race, the, the most obvious choice is the right choice. Uh-huh. And I think as a fan of Celine, he thought we all knew more about her than we do. Yeah. He was like, you know, this look. And we're like, nope. Nope. We don't <laughs> you know, know where she had like a jar of peanut butter on a chain. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no, I don't. I, I don't. think that he should have just done like long Celine hair with like a my heart will go on heart of the ocean. There you mm-hmm. go. Or the, you know, the backwards white blazer. Yeah. The hat. That's a Celine look Iconic. I That's yeah. what I said, backwards blazer. Or like, I love Dolly, but I was like, I'm not going to deep dive. I'm going to give you a white bell-bottom jumpsuit so everybody knows who it is. We with a breastplate. Love. Yeah, of course. It's like one of my most expensive outfits because that breastplate was $750. Jeez. Wow. But I was like, you can't do Dolly Parton on TV without big fake titties. Of course not. Criminal. Where does, where does one get a breastplate like that? I got that from boobsforqueen.com. Boobs for Queens. You know, RuPaul <laughs> always says, boobsforqueens.com. Uh-huh. I don't do the voice anymore because I'm traumatized, but. <laughs> I hope that's our new sponsor. Maybe. You guys should get sponsored. I noticed yeah. you guys are both wearing breastplates right now. Of course That's we are. right. There you go. Thank you, Boobs for Queens. How are we going to achieve realness without it? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break. Yeah. I want to come back and talk all about that boyfriend. Uh-huh. Um, but we'll be back with Trixie Mattel. I, I'm going to ask you a question, Matt, and yes. I'm all, I already know the answer. Okay, great. But I'm just going to do it ask because anyway. I should. What's your, what's your favorite R.E.M. album? See, I, that was exactly what I knew the answer was going to be. Uh, wait, no, I, know, I can do this. Guttural. Listening for the people. No. Uh, uh, speaking to the people. No. Uh, losing My Religion. That's, uh, that uh, is what, a song. What is the name of that album? Uh, that album is Out of Time. Okay. But the one I was trying to say is... Automatic for the People, maybe? Yeah. Okay. okay. What's yours? Uh, oh, God. It might, be, yeah, it might be Out of Time. It might be Out of Time. Or it might oh. be Reckoning. Ah, reckoning. reckoning. Yeah, I remember I got that from Columbia House. It was one of my twelve for a penny. Oh, Columbia House would suck you. And but compared to BMG, they were a ripoff. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, anyway, uh, if you are a fan of the uh, the podcast, are you talking you two to me? Guess what? They have re they've revamped. They've relaunched. It's now an REM based podcast called Are You Talking REM Re Me? <laughs> Scott Ackerman, Adam Scott. 
They come together as Adam Scott Hockerman to discuss the music and the impact of the band R.E.M. They do an album-by-album album analysis. They break down everything and also nothing about the band. Uh-huh. Name anyone in R.E.M. Don't do this to Just me. Anyone. Michael Stipe. Okay, the same birthday. you did it! I know that one. Woo! Listen to, li- listen to episodes of this limited series on Wednesdays on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Earwolf.com. It's good rock and roll music. Well, We're folks, back. We're back. Trixie. Yep. You are in a relationship? Yes, I have a gay lover. Oh, oh my boy. God. I was in a production of The Normal Heart um, when I was like, before I did like, uh, well, when I was in college, I was in a production of The Normal Heart. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's a play that takes place in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they, they would always say things like, I've taken a lover, oh, which is something I guess oh. gay people would say. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken a lover. The best. So ever since I'm obsessed with calling my boyfriend my gay lover. <laughs> How long has he been your gay lover? My gay lover for like a year and a half. Oh, oh that's wow. a great amount of time. I don't know. I'm very LTR oriented. So most of my relationships minimum at two beers each. Yeah. Oh, so you're at the, at the stage where you're just now figuring out like, okay, so what's, what's next? Yeah. How yeah. Yeah. It's great. Have? You know, it's, I think it's hard to be with a piece of shit like me, like how, cause we're gone all the time. And then when I am home, I'm just all about myself and my work and so, you know, I'm so selfish uh, that sometimes I, I'm just always on the lookout for, um, Hey, make sure you ask how other people's days are. And Hey, make sure you just don't yeah. come home and talk about work again or, you know. And uh, was he a drag race fan? You know, he did the right thing, which is like when you're a drag race queen on a gay dating anything, like a dating app. On, I was on Tinder. It's hard because people either only, people only want to meet you because they know you from work. And that's weird to me because I like people to not know who I am. Mm-hmm. I like to – I tell people I work in HR because no one knows what it is and no one asks. <laughs> uh-huh. And I just – I work in HR. Great. But he did the right thing, which is he let me say what I do. And then he was like – Oh, I'm familiar with what you do. I just didn't want to say anything. It's great. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Very yeah. good way to play that. He watches the program, but he watches about 45 reality shows. So I'm like wow. white noise lost in the mix. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I saw you on that Snatch game. Right. Yeah. Will you join him for any of these shows? No, I don't watch any out. of it. I mean, he yeah. watches a lot of it and I don't, I don't watch it. I only drag race. The only reality show I watch is drag race. Oh, wow. I, I just start watching, watching Queer Eye. Uh-huh. It's great, right? It is great. And here, I love that show because, I mean, I know that it's supposed to be sentimental, but they're like, yeah, I know it's hard because you have a lot of guilt that you uh, started a house fire that killed your mom and you heard her burn to death. <laughs> Speaking of burning, we're going to make a jalapeno margarita. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the transitions or like, it's supposed to make people cry, but then they're like, you know what? I think you just need to take your baseball cap off. <laughs> and then he takes off his hat and they're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I actually did a Gay of Thrones with Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah. And so he was so, he's my highlight of the show, I think. Yeah, he's so great. <laughs> that long hair. And he's sort of like a drag race talking head dream. Yeah. Like if he could have done my confessionals for me, uh-huh. that would have been ideal. Yeah. He's a dream. Yeah. Just uh, a dream. I would love to give them the one note uh, when they are styling the, the men, maybe size up half a size one size. you know what i mean like it doesn't always have to be full, uh-huh. so form-fitting on yeah. the gentleman that doesn't always equal well-dressed you know what i'm saying totally uh-huh. i need them to come to my house though like it's not just for straight people like some of us gay people yes. are garbage 
I'm worse than those people. No. They're like, you have your laundry on your bed. I'm like, at least their laundry's clean. <laughs> Come to my house. They're planning on on washing it at some point. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I need the gay guys to come to my house and help me. Do yeah, you feel like because you because it you have to put so many hours and so much effort into drag that when you're out of drag, you're just like, fuck it, I don't, I don't care. Well, when I'm out of drag, I I just wear um I'm white trash, so I wear like a button up shirt and jeans and a like a trucker hat. Because I'm just garbage from hell. So, plus I have a boyfriend. When you have a relationship, you have a license to kill. Oh yeah. I'm like, I don't care. You don't. Th- you don't think I'm gorgeous? I'm not gonna fuck you anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas, like when I was single, I think I felt more of a like I was like I need to make sure I look good. And now I'm just mm-hmm. like, who cares? Who cares? Yolo. Um, Yolo. So you're an LTR person. Totally. How long were you single before this LTR? Uh, about probably like a year and a half, maybe. Okay. So that's, that's uh, about your, your sweet spot. Yeah. Like my two things in two years increments. Yeah. Every boyfriend I've had, it's been like two years, three years, two years. And this one's a year and a half. I think we'll make it to two, but like I said, I am garbage. Okay. (laughs) So you can't promise anything. Yeah. I can't promise anything, but I also like it because, uh, I don't take my pictures. I don't tell people's name. It's important to me to have somebody in my life where I can completely, he doesn't, nobody knows who he is and work and all that. So I love having something to invest in that has nothing to do with work. Right. Yeah. Because I'm a monster from hell who could just sit here and go on my computer and use social media and just work all day. And so it's, it's great. And it's just yours. Yeah. And he thinks I'm so cool, which is, you know, fascinating because he's also like a, a tricks metal apologist to the point <laughs> that I need. Like he watched Snatch Game and he was like, you were great. And I was like, thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks. He's like, I don't know why they were hating. You were amazing. I'm like- Thank you. I know that you're lying, but <laughs> but you're like I'll keep you for if at you least six more this, months for that. Yeah, if you want to keep this relationship, you'll keep up the lies. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but two years on, two years off. I mean, you're 29, right? I mean, that's you don't you don't you don't have too many. I'm 28. You're 28. How f- um, fucking dare you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, but uh, I'm yeah. I, I just I'm, I like long relationships. I'm from the country. We're just like there's no one for miles around. We yeah. found each other. Yeah. You know, if your husband beats you, you're like. What am I going to drive into town and meet someone else? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 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 doubling down. Hit me again. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Um, How long have you been on the dating scene? Like, what was when was your first relationship? I love that you just said dating scene. Yeah, it makes the me dating think scene. of like queerest folk. Like, how long have you been ambling through clubs in a mesh shirt with an earring? Just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> dating, yes. Uh, ever since college, I mean, I love dating. I love relationships, and I love love. Uh, you know, I lo- I'm a musician too. I love folk music. So I love heartbreak and I love all of it. Yeah. I love relationships spiraling out of control almost as much as I love them, like coming into focus. Like mm-hmm. I love it. I love all yeah. of it. The whole thing. And I don't think relationships have to last forever to be perfect. So, you know, I don't have any crazy exes. I don't have any exes I don't keep in touch with. I know that's kind of well, uncommon, but I don't know. I don't think I, I love having a boyfriend. I love, I want to get married and all that. I love it. You want to have kids? Maybe. I mean, then I would have to give up how much I'm like deeply in love with my work. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, or do you, do you know, you have hired help. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Aston. No, oh, no, she hasn't had kids. Oh, oh wow. That, that was, was a weird one to bring up. Cruel. I was going to, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking of her as, you know, the, the woman who. I can't wait for her next all, commercial but... as a mom. Like breastfeeding. Oh no. Smart water. <laughs> yes. Feeding her baby smart water <laughs> on an Emirates plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pouring the bottle on the baby. Like, <laughs> Moist um, eyes. Yeah. But especially for music and, you know, writing my new album, One Stone, and the last one was a breakup album. I, I need all that. It's like 
So I write all my stand-up about relationships too. Yeah. I love as a married comedians they always kind of lose me because um I always write comedy from like the single perspective because that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like from an arranged marriage or whatever. But like when married comedians, you know, they always talk about their marriage. And that's when they kind of lose me because I've never been married. So I'm I try to still, even though I love relationships, write from the universal standpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but you have Sounds like you have largely avoided what, like, I hear other drag queens talking about with the 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 um, the struggles of dating and like, kind of like old stigmas that are attached to drag. That it that has not been your experience. It sounds like. Yeah, well, I think out of drag too, I look completely different, so that mm. helps. Um, I'm not a what I call a daywalker, which uh-huh. is when drag queens still have nails and no eyebrows. Yeah. Um, and it's important to me. I don't sleep with or date anybody who really knows me from the show. Yeah. So I try to – I think it's up to you to create like a home relationship life that sustains you in a way that is different than the way work sustains you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's hard to find somebody to uh, to date, but maybe I'm just easy to please because I've never had a hard time finding a boyfriend. Obviously. You've got a great track record. But obviously, yeah. you know, I'm also stunning. That's true. People like There's a gay that. Forrest Gump. They like that. <laughs> you know? Jinx Monsoon says that I look like an egg and that uh, when I got a Twitter, I didn't have to change the picture. <laughs> but that's coming from Jinx Monsoon. I'm uh-huh. like, thanks, Dark Crystal. <laughs> You're one to talk. What was, your, what was your, like, first dating experience like? Like, what was your first relationship like? How old were you? Well, uh, 18 years old, I met a guy on Facebook in a group for my college about being musicians. Uh-huh. And I was like, You're a musician? Me too. Let's, let's do music. And we met up, and then we just dated for years. Oh, wow. Just good things just happened to me. My whole life, people say, it just falls into your lap. I say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have inspiring. been on some bad dates. Oh, bitch, I was on a date once with a guy. The first thing he said was, I'm a little nervous because this is my first week off my antipsychotics. Holy shit. Wow. And did that? And we dated for two years. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always think uh, I want to, I, I always want to, you know, people say you want to improve your children's lives 50%. Mm-hmm. I want to improve my life 50%. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to find a relationship that's going to make that happen. Mm, that's Plus I'm idea. famous and rich, which is a great like pickup line. Yeah. Do that's what your famous and rich? grinder uh, profile yeah. says. Yeah. I made sure not in my Tinder or none of it ever. I never had grinder either because frankly, I think if you're on grinder looking for a relationship, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's always the best first step. Whereas yeah. Tinder, I found you have to have a real Facebook. Mm-hmm. So then you have to be a real person. And you can't put news or anything up. So yeah, you can't like enter a room naked and be like, why doesn't anyone just want to get to know me? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you take me seriously? Even yeah. Speedo. Um, it sounds like you your whole dating experience comes up around websites and apps and social media, though. I mean, you, you've always had that as an option to meet people. Yeah. I mean, I met my first boyfriend in you know college uh-huh. but everybody else i met on either like okay cupid or tinder yeah so okay there you go so you've never had to just meet i mean you obviously meet people in real life yeah but you've had the option to just sort of try online date i mean it's not it's yeah. not even online we don't call it online dating anymore it's yeah. just the way that people, people used to do this thing called cruising which yes. is when you go out to the club you wear the mesh shirt and the earring yeah. uh-huh. and you use your eyes to get people to fuck you yeah. You skipped that entire stage. Yeah. You used to have to like, I don't know, like, how, what, what do you do when you cruise somebody? Uh, yeah. It's eye contact is definitely 
And is a, it like a, a squint? Is it, it like a, a model moment? Um, n- <laughs> Do you like kind of like cheat out and like find your light? And yeah. Be like, yeah, it's kind of, I just, I, I, I picture the, the video for Too Funky by George Michael what? and I just do all of those things. You know what I mean? I find my light. I, I, I elongate my neck. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I think if I had to cruise, I would walk into the bar in sort of like a denim, like a Canadian tuxedo. Uh-huh. And I would put a nickel in the jukebox at the gay bar that I'm at that has a nickel jukebox. And it would be Alana Miles Black Velvet. Oh, boy. And then I would sort of like catwalk to the bar and order a fleet of shots of gin. Sure. And drink them all. <laughs> and then at the end of the song, I would fall dead. Uh-huh. And if the guy resuscitates me, it was meant to be. There you go. <laughs> there you go. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah, it used to be. I mean, that you had to talk to people and make eye contact with them. The first gay bars I ever went to were in Boston, and they were all video bars. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember video yeah, yeah, bars? Yeah. Where it was just, they, they would play music, but it would always be the videos. And then, like, every third video, they would play, like, uh, Jamie Foxx as the ugly woman sketch from In Living Color mm-hmm. or whatever. So you had things to look at. So that you weren't stuck trying to make eye contact with each other all the time. Yeah. You could like like do little furtive glances, but it wouldn't just be like – it wouldn't be like the ramble in Central Park. Just yeah. like a bunch of dudes trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. make yeah. eye contact with oh, each other. One time in Germany when I first started traveling for Drag Race, I had huh? just broken up with my boyfriend. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be that bitch. I'm going to go to a dark room. And I was at this place called Rose Kennedy that was a party in the basement of an abandoned mall. Yeah. I know I want good things to happen to me, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't use grinder, but go to abandoned malls. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get drunk and go in this dark room. And it was like hundreds of guys doing it. And I was like, yeah. this is my moment. I'm going to have like, I'm young. I'm good looking. I'm going to have one of those hookups that the kids have, right? I was like 25. And I was like, walk in and it's pitch black. And I was like, I'm just going to grab this dick. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. This is my moment. Yeah. I grabbed the dick in the pitch black and got my hand turned away in the oh. dark. Oh. Have you ever been so ugly that you get your hand turned away in the dark? <laughs> like something about my grip on his penis. He was like, oh, ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I was like, this really just happened. Oh. This really just happened. No, they were, they were probably just in the middle of something else. Maybe. You think from the waist up, he was like doing a Sudoku or something? Maybe. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. I think he could just sense energetically, you know what? This is not a, a, a dirty uh, ba- basement of an abandoned mall person. This is an LTR yeah. quality person. Yeah, this is not a sex maze person. Yeah. yeah. Go Don't upstairs grab my dirty, diseased dick. I mean, Go I out tr- there and have a boyfriend. I truly didn't belong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the craziest thing I've ever done in a bar is uh, it's like Halloween. I was, I was, I wanted to go to the gay bar because I love Halloween, but I didn't want to like Talk to people as Trixie. I just want to be myself. So I had a Jason mask made with a machete. And I have a bald head, so I was just Jason sitting there at a bar. It was a rhinestone machete mask. And then Willem (laughs) walks around with a necklace of poppers. And I did poppers through a Jason mask, which I was like, this is cool. I'm cool. (laughs) Willem just happened by or you were there together? Well, I was there with Willem. Oh, great. Yeah. Wow. God, what a life. Um, Is there anything you can tell us from the the Trixie Mattel coming out experience the journey what was what was little Trixie all about you guys are gonna be so disappointed because I don't have any relationship trauma nor do I have any like it all went great it all just happened for me well no I told my mom I was like I did it the way we all do it which is like right and she was like girl she's like I've met you Oh, I was fully, yeah. I mean, I was in a women's bathing suit with a scrunchie, but (laughs) it was just anticlimactic. I mean, my mom's such a hippie that she was just like, 
I don't really. If you can find somebody who loves you, I don't really care. Yeah. Which is also kind of a read. A My mom's bit. like, honestly, if you can find anyone who loves you, <laughs> I'm happy. She's like, we don't have the luxury of worrying about gender yeah. here. Like, yeah. somebody take this, please. <laughs> if anybody can take you off my hands, no. please. Uh, no, was, I didn't have a. Well, well, this is interesting. When I was younger, I had a rocky relationship with my stepdad, and he used to call me a Trixie whenever I was acting too gay. Or too feminine or too emotional. He would call me a little tricksy. So he used to hate that word. That was like worse than faggot to me. Uh And then when I was started doing drag, I was in a production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and I had to jump into a role for someone last minute. And the name of the role was Trixie. And that was the first time I did drag. Uh So for me, the name Trixie used to be like the worst, but then I like took back the night. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like my favorite word. I don't even remember it as a slur now. Yeah. You've uh, reappropriated. Totally, totally, totally. It's like when people, I mean, I don't have a huge problem with the word faggot, but it's it. because all my friends say it in a way that's lovely and it's not hurtful. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. Is your stepdad still in the picture, by the way? No, passed away of alcoholism, mm-hmm. oh. which is how we do it in Wisconsin. I'm sure. We're not sure. sticking around. We're not trying to see what our early 50s look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What is life? You're born, you have some sex, probably not right away. And then you shrink down to a little mall walker and you die. Yep. I don't need to be that mall walker. Yeah. Why do you think Paul Walker checked out early? Close right. enough to mall walker. Yeah. 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 If you can have a few PBRs along the way. Totally. Right. The, the, I'm not a, uh, like a huge drinker, but in Wisconsin, the life, the mortality rate is very, the, the age like that you die at is pretty low. Yeah. I think it's because it's extremely cold and people, you remember that article that came out that was like the 15 or 20 biggest drinking cities in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Like 15 of them were in Wisconsin. Really? People aren't looking to find out. We don't care about the senior discount. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're looking to have a messy yeah. 40s and just end there. Yeah. You're Stay in a warm room. Yeah. With we're a chilled lo- <laughs> Jack and Coke. Yeah. We're looking to listen to Freebird while we wrap a snowmobile around a tree <laughs> at 28. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's enough for us. It's like in Wisconsin, they have, or in LA, they have like cleanses, like juice cleanse, whatever. In Wisconsin, it's like a Capri Sun cleanse. And then you graduate to a PBR cleanse. And then the final of your cleanse is you die in a car accident drunk or something. That's <laughs> yeah. what we do. So you've never fallen into uh, like a, a, a juice cleanse, an alkaline diet. I really want to do a juice cleanse because I think I've reached that level of Caucasian where it's just time. That's the next <laughs> yeah, logical right. step. Uh-huh. And you're in the right place for it. Yeah. There's a juice place per block. Yeah. yeah. I do drink those like um, meal replacement shakes on days where I have to be in drag because I can't eat in drag. Mm-hmm. It's just gross. Yeah. Right. So I drink like insurers and stuff because I don't want to die. Right. I don't want to live too much either. <laughs> I mean, just keep the that keep the heart will, pumping. Yes. But that's about it, base level. Yeah. But I want to do one of those fancy juice cleanses. You, it's uh it's uh day one is a thrill. Uh day two is is exasperating, like yeah. you're just angry. And then day three, it's almost over. And so like you kind of break through into this like feeling of of just like wellness and goodwill, and then you just eat like a monster. And day, day four, four, you die. Yeah. Day four, you basically die. Yeah. I'm into that. I mean, I'm also into the uppityness of being on that juice cleanse. Yeah. I'm, I'm into going to a restaurant with my friends and then not ordering anything going, oh, I'm on a vegan cleanse. Yeah. I want that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about the weight loss. I don't care about the health. Sure. I care about being condescending yeah. to my friends. Well, you can do that anytime. Yeah. Really Let's can. say Katya, she, she's inconvenienced by eating. She's like, I hate sleeping and I hate eating. I'm like, well, the rest of us just want to sleep and eat yeah. at all times. That's the secret to that Katya body is just to dislike food. Yeah. Yoga? 
you know why she hates food? It just takes too much time. Yeah. She's irritated by it. She doesn't want to stop doing what she's doing to eat. Right. She feels the same way about sleep. God. In this man. recent episode, we played this game where we got to know each other. And she was like, I was, she's like, how much sleep do you think Katya gets per night? And I was like, honestly, about six hours is restful for her. Oh. And she was like, that's creepy. I wrote zero to 12. <laughs> not a real answer, but... Um, Trixie, last question. Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm on a beautiful path where people appreciate me for what I look like, Yeah. but they're more interested in the work I do. Like, I think people like me more for the jokes and the songs and the, the, I always say my work is like the comedy and the music is the candy bar and the drag is just the candy bar rapper. Yeah. And so I would like, as the years go along and I get older to be able to have that rapper be optional. If some days, if I just want to get in drag, I can. And if I don't want to, mm -hmm. I want the audience to still think the comedy and the music is great. Right. I mean, because drag is a great way to have people look at you, but it's also a great way to have the entertainment industry not necessarily take you totally seriously. Right. That feels like it's changing, though. It's very like, a drag queen does music, cool. But... It is just drag queen music. Right. It's sort of minimizing in a way, especially since I work in like the folk country music world. It's sort of like, that's a catchy song, but uh, you're a homo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it's, it's a weird way of getting people's attention, but also boxing yourself in. Right. Well, you are a dream. Well, thank you. I uh, promise I mean, going forward, I'll try to bring honor to you guys on Drag Race. Oh, great. God. I am so excited uh, for next week. By the time this airs, a whole other episode will have happened that we haven't oh discussed. My God. We don't even know. We've it's seen a, me safe. We've seen me in the bottom. Let's hope we can maybe see me win. Okay. Right. Something. We might. I've been on Drag Race twice, and I've never fucking won a challenge yet. Can mm -hmm. that happen? Well, okay. the, uh, this last week, I know everybody has, has uh, like been tweeting about this a lot, that Shangela's leading up to revealing whose lipstick she had, it seemed like she was... It was going to be you. Oh, she and knew. That was completely intentional, right? I didn't know at the time. Yeah. She was literally like, there's this meme going around that's like, the person I chose has a bald head and is from Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin, and has their own show on Viceland and did RuPaul for Snatch Game. <laughs> Chi Chi. <laughs> yeah. Psych I love that Shangela was like, girl, I know you've had an emotional day. Give me a hug. And then she proceeds to psychologically cat and mouse me for six hours. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> that's that. That's being good at Drag Race. Yeah, right there. That's You're the right. type of person that that's unsure why a relationship. How do I know no one likes me? I'm just really into mind games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like a very advanced gaslighter. I feel like a visitor, and I mean, you can watch the show. I feel like it's very clear that I am a person who does drag, and everyone else is a drag queen. Because I always feel like in that show, I am like the. <laughs> I cut from a different cloth psychologically. Like, I think I approach that competition in a different way than most of them and less competitive and more just like, I'm happy to be here. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of attitude that deserves to win. That's so right. We're going we're gonna to send positive thoughts. We're rooting well, for thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and if you don't win, I'm not too, too worried about the yeah, uh, longevity right. of your career. I think you're going to be a-okay. Yeah. Well, I've got you're the good. Trixie and Katja show on Viceland every Wednesday mm -hmm. where nobody can eliminate me. That's, That's exactly right. right. But apparently I can eliminate Katya. So. <laughs> and you have two albums now. On yes. ITunes. Two Birds is still a year later on the singer-songwriter charts on iTunes. Amazing. Nuts. Crazy. And my single moving parts that I played in the first episode is still on the charts for singles. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. 
Because cross dressing, it's enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, and then the new album uh, One Stone comes out March fifteenth, and it's so fun. Wow! Two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. I'm gay. We like themes. Sure. Aww. What's next? I don't know. Two birds, one stone. Now I have to think of something else. Yeah. Well, half a dozen. I don't know. Yeah. It'll. You'll be on to another two year increment. Yeah. Another two year period in your in your career. New puns. New puns. Yeah. yeah. You can do one that's like a bird in the bush, and then it be in the. I don't know. Be in the, the bonnet. Well, no, maybe you guys. Like maybe you guys can come on my podcast called okay. Homophilia. Great. Well. Okay. We'll talk oh, about. Okay. That. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Trixie, Trixie thank th- you. Thank so you so much, much for being here. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. You're the best. I can't impress this on you enough. She showed up in full drag. Full I mean, drag? You'll see the picture, but yeah. she, I mean, fully 18 wigs, full face of anime makeup. Yes. Uh, Eight she, feet tall. Yeah. And where? what was the purse? It was uh, it was Krusty the Clown. It was a squishy. A, yes, it was a squishy. It was a, a, a crusty branded squishy from the Quickie Mart. Uh, I mean, hot it, pink. Uh, by the way, Shannon from the Earwolf office, mm-hmm. full tears, full oh, breakdown God, yeah. upon meeting Trixie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was really heartwarming. A Trixie Mattel breaks down barriers. Oh. She is uh, she is an ambassadress. <laughs> and so goddamn funny and talented. Yeah. And that was a real joy. Yeah, it really was. Thank you, Trixie Mattel. Thank you, uh, Trixie. Thank you to her team, her handlers. Yes. Scott, who joined us here in the studio. Yes. Thank you to our producer, Dana Wickens. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Ryan Connor. Thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Thank you. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, homophiliacs, for listening. We love you guys. Kisses. We love you like Fergie loves the flag. Mm. Hey, everyone. Scott Ackerman here. Uh, Are you a fan of the podcast, You Talking You Two to Me? Well... I hope you are. If you are, make sure to check out Adam Scott and I have a new show, Are You Talking R.E.M. Re.Me? That's right. It's a brand new show with a brand new title. Join us as we discuss the music and impact of the band R.E.M. through an album-by-album analysis. That sounds very nerdy, but it's actually fun. We break down everything and nothing about the band. Listen to the limited series, Are You Talking R.E.M. Re.Me? Wednesdays on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Earwolf.com. This is good rock and roll uh, music! This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.